Well, we're coming down the home stretch of basketball season. Baseball is fast approaching, and we're going to talk a little bit of both today. I'm blabbing in the bluegrass with my special guest. His name is Nick Curran. He is actually a former WKU cohort of mine, and uh, he has quite a play-by-play -play resume when it comes to sports. He is currently the voice of the Louisville Bats AAA baseball team. He also calls games for the University of Louisville Lady Cards during basketball season, and he hosts a Sunday morning sports talk show in the Derby City. We'll talk a little more about all of these, plus we will enjoy hearing about his earliest memories of following and falling in love with sports. So put your feet up and relax because it's time for Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Season 5, Episode 7. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Ledbetter to Loretto, Lucas to Ludlow, we've absolutely got the Commonwealth covered here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass as we thoughtfully and faithfully explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore here at the famously festive North Quail Motel in stunning Henderson KY, and how proud I am to welcome one of my former college classmates to the program today. Well, we might as well be classmates. He graduated a semester before I did, but close enough, right? I tell you, nobody is going to question Nick Curran's passion. He's a man of many, many talents, and there's a lot we can learn from him, too, especially those of us aspiring to uh, pursue careers in sports casting, regardless of the uh, type of sports that we want to cover and uh, what we're interested in. We definitely need to heed the advice that Nick Kern's going to present. Well, the advice will be at the end, but between now and then, plenty more to enjoy from Mr. Kern, particularly his fond memories of not only following sports as a youngster, but also covering sports on a play-by-play -play basis with the bats and the lady cards. He's already been a part of a number of exciting games in his young career, and he's going to shed light on a few of them, and we're going to hit much, much more as we go along. It's definitely going to be an insightful and entertaining conversation that you will not want to miss. So stay right where you are. Before we get to Nick, however, we do have yet another Bluegrass Brain Buster. The goal is to do one of these at the beginning of each and every program. So we'll give you the question now. We will give you the answer at the conclusion of the show. So this kind of fits today's theme, sort of. Uh, whether you realize it or not, minor league baseball as we know it has been played in Louisville since 1982. Yes, off and on, there were other teams before then. In fact, at one point in the early 1900s, 
there was even a major league team in Louisville. But minor league baseball, as we know it, has been played in Louisville since 1982. And I want to know how many major league clubs has the Louisville team been affiliated with throughout this time frame. Again, minor league baseball has been played in Louisville since 1982, at least minor league baseball as we know it. And I want to know how many major league clubs has Louisville's minor league team been affiliated with throughout this time frame. So you think on that, get the wheel spinning while you listen to me and Nick Curran, and we will reveal the answer in the program's final segments. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, my friends, today we have, direct via Zoom, a former Western Kentucky University cohort of mine. He holds a number of hats, as a matter of fact. He is the voice of Louisville Bats AAA Baseball. He also calls games for the University of Louisville Lady Cards during basketball season, and if that weren't enough, he also hosts a Sunday morning sports talk show in the Derby City known as the Sunday Morning Hangover, heard on Louisville's ESPN 680. So we're going to talk more about each of those as we go along and uh, whatever else I can drag out of my man here. So let's welcome to the stage the one and only Nick Curran. Sam, how are you? Oh, I'm a lot better now that you're here, and uh, <laughs> I tell you, it's uh, it's got to be fun covering Lady Cards basketball right now. They are ranked number three in the nation. It is. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I've been very very lucky to to have a chance to to follow that team. This is my sixth season doing doing the games, and there's been uh, a, a lot of success. They've made at least the Sweet Sixteen every year. There's there's been a tournament since I started. There's been a a final four run, a couple of elite eight runs as well. So it's been a, it's been really a, a really great time and and so much fun to to yeah. watch them day in and day out every year. You're you're their good luck charm, Nick. Go ahead and admit it. But <laughs> uh, they, they had lots of success before me too. I well, will not take credit, but but I uh, I uh, I'm I'm very happy to to get a chance to see it up close and personal now. Yes, and <laughs> you know you're you're a part of the uh, the success now. And I've heard you uh, I've heard clips of your highlights on uh, K and N Sports and so forth. Now uh, I probably should know this. Who's your color lady? It is Adrian Johnson. AJ, she's a a Louisville native. Went to Butler High School here in Louisville. Played uh, collegiately at Ohio State, and then. Uh, back to Louisville to work uh, now on the staff uh, of Jeff Walls, actually uh, preceded Walls by a year, uh, but but is on staff, and it's great working with her. She played in the WNBA as well, so uh, ah. she is she is quite knowledgeable about the team and about the game in general, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome to get to work with her every night, too. Yeah, I'd say basketball is is in her blood. Now, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Nick and I went to Western at uh, roughly the same time, but I think the first class we had together, sir, was Bart White's sales class. Great class. <laughs> Great class. It was, wasn't it? I'll tell you, that was one of my favorite classes there, not just because of Bart, but because of who all was in it. I think, you know, but between uh, you and me and Brian Oaks and <laughs> Charlie Polk, I mean, there was... <laughs> Some heavy hitter names for sure. Uh, 
it was you. a great class and and bart tried to warn everyone early that that's where the money was uh some of us did not buy into that i guess and yeah <laughs> are, are maybe living to rue the day because i think he was exactly right there was more than enough entertainment to go around in that class now nick um first off my friend why don't you talk about how you developed a love of sports and maybe share with us some of your fondest memories of following sports as a child yeah i uh i i mean i grew up here in louisville i've you know lived here most of my life with the exception of uh of college and in bowling green at wku with 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 you as mentioned but i um i i grew up a big university of louisville basketball fan and sports fan in, in general they were kind of my team growing up so gotcha. uh, was lucky enough to as I was growing up, have have an aunt and an uncle who were still in school uh, at U of L, and they used to take me when I was really really young to games, and I would sit in the student section with them, and the students stand the entire game, so I would like stand on a chair because I wasn't tall enough to see uh, with every all these giants standing around me. Uh, but those are some of my first memories of of going to games is University of Louisville basketball games, standing on a chair so I could see. Um, and I, I think it just kind of, uh, grew from there. I, you know, I also grew up listening to, to Paul Rogers, who's the voice of the cards and, uh, would listen to, to him headed into games, leaving games whenever I got a chance to, to go later on, as I got a little bit older, my parents, uh, ended up having some season tickets to, to football and basketball. So I got to go to a lot of those games. And, um, I, I think listening to Paul really, helped me fall in love with the, the broadcasting side of it and the radio side of it. And so oh, um, sure. that's, that's kind of where I figured out that this is what I wanted to do. And um, standing on the, the chair in the student section so I could see is definitely an, an early, <laughs> an <laughs> that's early a highlight. <laughs> yeah, sure. definite highlight. I was, uh, I guess I was in my prime as a fan, like late high school in, in 2005, when uh, when when Rick Pitino's Louisville team made it to the final four um, that was the first final four I had seen in, in my lifetime for for the cards and sort of uh, instantly fell in love with with that team remember watching uh, them win the conference USA championship against Memphis I believe that was the year that uh, Darius Washington of Memphis missed I think three free throws or two free throws or something with nobody on the line uh, <laughs> that was bad timing <laughs> yeah to, to, to prevent Memphis from winning the game and Louisville wanted and then they they beat West Virginia in the Elite Eight uh, in, the, in the Kevin Pitts Noggle game for West Virginia uh, and then uh, fell way behind early but came back to win and then eventually went on to lose to Illinois in the final four but remember that Ron uh, remember some pretty amazing moments at Freedom Hall was there for lucky enough to be there for a, a lot of different things uh, there was a game against Tennessee Rick Pitino's first year probably I guess it would have been oh uh, one yeah uh, that sounds about right early 2000s yeah um, against Tennessee they were down six with like 30 seconds to go Reese Gaines hit a three stole an inbound pass Brian Northern hit a three to tie the game Tennessee went down and scored a two and then Reese hit a three uh, to put to put Louisville in front and they ended up holding on for the win that was an amazing atmosphere and an amazing moment heck of a uh, rally <laughs> oh it was an amazing rally and just uh, um, amazing environment and, and then I was there for the uh, for the Patrick Sparks uh, perhaps shuffle 
uh, before he nailed a big three against against Louisville. Yes, uh, I remember those that. Are a even couple though, memories that stick out. Yeah. <laughs> even though I am a Kentucky fan, I remember there was some controversy behind that call, and uh, there was a little. <laughs> But anyway, speaking of Freedom Hall, where U of L called home for a number of years, that is now home to the Bellarmine Knights. It is. It's really cool to to have seen Bellarmine uh, get in there and to see Freedom Hall sort of revived in basketball back there, an iconic venue. You know, Louisville uh, had been there for such a long time. It, it opened in the in the fifties. Has hosted a bunch of Final Fours and just so much stuff. Um, and it's really cool that, that Bellarmine's in there, able to play uh, their home games there. Last year, it was kind of a necessity because they needed more room to be able to space out with the, with the limited crowds. And uh, so it worked out well for that. And, and then uh, staying there this year, they've been able to put some, some really good environments in there for, uh, for, for visiting teams. And it's, it's been cool to, to see it back in action over the, uh, over the last couple of seasons, really cool uh, to see Bellarmine on that division one stage too. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll wish them well as they uh, continue to move upward in the, in the D one ranks. Now, uh, Nick, as a student at the mighty Western Kentucky university, you handled play-by-play for various Hilltopper sporting events for an online platform known as Evolution FM. So uh, why don't you give us an overview of this experience and uh, tell us what you enjoyed most about it. Well, what, well, I'll start with the, the back part first. What I enjoyed most about it was just getting a chance to do it and learning, you know, sort of what we were doing. But um, it was a basically it emanated from a little room on the third floor of the academic services building uh, there at WKU, an internet only radio station. So there was, as you know, Revolution. Uh, right. That was the student run radio station was Revolution. And it just sort of that sort of uh, inspired the, the Evolution name, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess we were not. Uh, as as trying to do sports broadcasts on the air weren't deemed quite uh, of the caliber enough to be on the actual FM signal. So we were on the internet only stick on evolution. <laughs> but and, you were uh, developing your craft. <laughs> yes, yes, it was it was great. Um, <laughs> and I, it, I think uh, as someone put it, and I cannot remember who this was, like, so our so our parents basically were the only ones that knew we were there and could listen, which was, which was great. It was a great way to, 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 to learn without a lot of ears on you, which is, which is a great thing. Um, you got to make some tapes and get some recording. And we used to have the, the little old school, little black box remote equipment to do the games. You go set up, you plug into an analog phone line, you dial the, the number and it connects uh, to a phone back there, you'd have somebody back there in the in the uh, in the evolution studio would uh, would hook you in, hit record, and uh, if you were lucky enough to have someone there throughout the game, they would play maybe some PSAs or something during commercial breaks. If not, you just hook it in, they'd leave, and you just turn it down during commercials and turn it back up when we were going again and and uh, and do it that way. But got to do some a couple of football games, which was really cool. Uh, experience a couple of basketball games from our uh, position there on the on the end line in the end zone at, at EA Diddle Arena and uh, a little bit of baseball at Nick Dennis Field too so got to do uh, a, a decent smattering of stuff and it was great um, yeah. you know 
just getting the chance to do that, even though you knew probably, I mean, nobody was listening. Uh, it was just, there may as well have been millions of people listening because I, I think we were all just really fired up to, to be able to, to do it and, and have a chance to do some games and, and try to learn what in the world we were we were doing if yeah, that, it that g- ever happened. <laughs> and it gave you a chance to sort of feed your passion, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> Nick, aside from calling Hilltopper Sports online via Evolution FM, talk to me a little bit about your other experiences, either at Western or shortly after Western, which prepared you for your career of choice. Yeah, you know, got to get involved with a lot of stuff down at down at WKU. I, I um, it was, I, I was really um, lucky to 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 be in with with a group of people I was there with. I think uh, a lot of people that were really driven to to get into the broadcast field in in some form for a living. And I, I think when you major in broadcasting, it becomes a lot what you, what you make of it. And, um, I, I was lucky to, to be involved with, with a lot of people that, that had a lot of drive for this. So, you know, we, we did a lot of good work on our student newscast at news channel 12 there at, at WKU, which was awesome. Got to do uh, a lot of different things from anchoring sports to producing, to, to running tapes, which I did a lot to shooting video, um, just whatever. To, to be involved there and learn sort of the the the, the behind the scenes of, of TV a little bit. Sure. Uh, and, and we started a, a sports show my last couple of semesters, The Extra Point. I was part of, oh, I, remember uh, that. I guess, the, the founding class of that. I know it's still around today, which is really, really cool to, to see. Um, but it was, there were four of us that had been around for a few semesters. And so we sort of... Uh, Tommy Boris was still teaching there and, and, and uh, Jim Letourneau was still kind of the head of the, uh, the, the program. And he came into a sports casting class with Tommy Boris, which you, I don't know, were you in that one, Sam, on Monday nights? Um, I actually was not, but uh, I heard okay. a lot about that sports play-by-play class from Brian Oaks. And I heard that was a blast. <laughs> it was, it was a great class Monday nights and, and uh, JLT Jim Letourneau came in one night and said, Hey, uh, we don't have enough interest to do the newscast three days a week anymore. We used to do it three days a week, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So we're going to shrink it to two. And if you guys want to do a sports show, have at it. So the extra point was born. And uh, Chris Veach, uh, Rhett Douglas, Hank First, and me were kind of the four that had been around. So we were charged with uh, trying to do a lot to, to put it together. And so got to really help create a show and, produce a show and anchor or whatever shoot video for that every week which was an incredible experience um got to do a little bit of high school broadcasting work uh high school zone was a magazine slash internet broadcasting company i got to do some warren central football uh during a season down there which was a great experience i I got to work at, at WBGN, which which was a Fox Sports radio station there in Bowling Green at the time. With yeah, with, it was the ticket back then. It was the ticket, and uh, so I got to uh, to do some sideline reporting for for Eric Matthews, who was the the voice of the Bowling Green High Purples at that time. So I do yeah. sideline reporting. Uh, Another one of our classmates. <laughs> yes, uh, now at the University of Hawaii, uh, something he'd always dreamed of, which is really cool to see. That is uh, neat. 
so I, uh, yeah, it, you know, getting to do all that different stuff. And then I also did a couple of internships. I interned at a couple of TV stations here in Louisville while I was in school in the summer of 08, uh, WLKY, which is the CBS affiliate here with, with Fred Calgill, who's Ron. great. And, and then, uh, the summer of 09 with wave TV here, the NBC affiliate with, with Kent Taylor and Kendrick Haskins, who, um, you know, uh, Kent really has helped me more than, than he probably, uh, could. Um, he, he, he definitely hasn't, didn't have to do everything he's sort of done for me over the course of my career, but, um, from he went above and beyond, (laughs) he did, he, he went way above and beyond. Uh, I got back to school, for what ended up, I was a December of 09 graduate. So I went back to school after the summer of, of 2009. Um, and so it was, you know, early in my last semester before I graduated. Um, and he called me one day in class and I went outside and talked to him and he said, Hey, you know, Bellerman's looking for, they're going to start a radio broadcast. They're looking for somebody. Uh, they're not paying much. You'd be perfect for it. And I oh. said, Oh, well, that'd be that would be great. So I sent some stuff in to the people he told me to and ended up getting that job. And, and that's really where, where the, the post-college like broadcasting career started for me was doing Bellarmine games on the radio. And, uh, how about uh, that? Yeah, that's, that's how it, that's how it kicked off. And that's how, um, you know, all that stuff at WKU helped, help me be, I guess, ready uh, when I interned and then to, to get that call and, and to do, yeah. to do that job. Absolutely. Now, uh, I know uh, you, you mentioned the extra point uh, on TV now, uh, somewhat similar to that on revolution 91, seven, we had a, a sports show a few nights a week known as red zone. And you co-hosted that too, from time to time, didn't you? Yeah, it was, it was in the rotation of, of, uh, of things that we, we had to do as a sports department or as a, uh, as a sort of requirement to, to get through things. Red zone was always something uh, that, that you'd get a few times a semester, which was really neat. A chance to learn sports talk a little bit, which was, which was cool too. So that was an, another thing. And that was always a, a unique uh, experience. Revolution was always so interesting because you had this, this platform that was like college alternative music but then there was news sprinkled in, uh, which was great to give news updates, which was also something that was part of uh, what you did in the program. And then, and then uh, you had the sports show on a couple nights a week as well. So it was, a, it was a great melting pot of a lot of different stuff. Yeah, a little, little something for everybody. And all that experience, uh, you know, it all boded well for you. And shortly after, in fact, right after you uh, graduated, you started calling Bellarmine basketball games and the how uh, how long did you serve in that capacity ended up being there for seven seasons which was uh I mean an incredible program uh Scott Davenport Scotty D the the head coach there uh, uh Denny Crum and Rick Patino assistant at Louisville um a perfect match for for Bellarmine and uh has led them into division one now my seven years there the Knights were a, a division two power and oh, yeah. uh com- coming off really their best season ever in terms of a men's team. Um, maybe their best team ever made a sweet 16 run. We're going to start a radio broadcast. And uh, so I, I got to, or restarted, I think there had been one deep in the past, but, but nothing recently. And so I got to the, the chance to do that at a great time. 
And, uh, yeah. they, you know, Knights won a national championship in 2011, my second season. So I got to call uh, the D2 national title game, which was which was an incredible experience. And oh, that no was doubt. just a, it was just an amazing ride. I got to start doing games while I was still in school. Uh, obviously, the season started in like November and my first game was an exhibition uh, Bellerman playing louisville at freedom hall so um as a kid that grew up here that was really really special for that to be game one and uh never will forget that night yeah that's right you would have started about uh a a month give or take before before you graduated in the in that role now i guess for a while you were doing um bellerman men and uh uofl ladies at the same time weren't you I, i was not never did that uh i did the Bellarmine men, my last season with them was 2015, 2016. Uh, I had started working at the bats as the number two broadcaster in 2013. Uh, Matt Andrews, who was the guy that, that brought me on was the lead broadcaster is a great friend of mine. has been an incredible mentor to me. Uh, he in the middle of the 2016 season for the bats got a job at Ohio state, which is his alma mater. Uh, he's from, uh, just south of Columbus from Washington Courthouse. And sure. um, so it was a chance to go home. So he took that job. It was a great gig doing women's basketball, baseball, and then sidelines for football uh, was was kind of a, you know, an offer for him that he couldn't refuse. So he left in the middle of the 2016 season with the bats. I moved over to the lead chair for that. He was also uh, the Louisville women's basketball broadcaster. So that's how I ended up getting that job. Matt leaving uh, sort of paved the way for me to 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 get that role too. Right. And uh, have been able to get back to Bellarmine and do a little bit of stuff last year, especially their first year of Division One, uh, starting to do ESPN Plus games. So I got to do quite a few of those last year uh, as they oh, were gotcha. scrambling for someone and stuff. So that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how the path ended up weaving its way to to where I am now. There you go. So you're, you're still no stranger to Bellarmine, are you? <laughs> yeah. Try to get around there quite a bit. A lot of, a lot of really good people. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. The special spot in your heart. I know now, uh, as we've mentioned off and on here, you've uh, been a member of the uh, Louisville bats family for a handful of seasons. So um, tell us Nick about um how your role with the bats organization has grown and evolved over time. Of course you were the second man uh, for what, two or three years. Yeah. For, uh, for three and a half seasons as it, as it, as it turned out Um, started in 13 as the number two broadcaster, which kind of meant for us, I would do, did home games. I did three to four innings, depending on, uh, of play-by-play on, on home games and was there to kind of sit in as, as the color commentator for the others. And then um, 2013, when I get hired on, I was an intern. So I did the games with Matt and then was also uh, the number two media relations person here. So help with game notes and uh, various media relations duties and was also doing some group sales theoretically, although didn't do a whole lot of that my first year. I don't think I was able to, to sell a whole lot. Uh, but then <laughs> I'm sure you did well. Uh, not not great, but 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 survived. Uh, you got that so, experience. <laughs> yes, yes, great experience. Uh, so I got to come back in 2014. They were hiring um, interns again, 
they said, we don't have a full-time spot for you, but you can come back as an intern. Uh, well, you won't do the media relations stuff. You'll just do broadcasting and sales. And whoever, we're going to hire like three sales interns and whoever does the best will get a full-time job. So I figured, well, I should have an advantage because I did a year already. Uh, so I came back on as an intern, ended up getting a full-time job uh, at the end of the 14 season going into 15. And then, uh, like I said, Matt left in 16. So that's when I moved into the lead broadcaster role. Uh, when I got brought on full-time with the bats, just about everybody in minor league baseball does something uh, other than what their actual job may indicate, like me, <laughs> the broadcaster, but also season ticket sales and group sales still do that. I've also, um, through, but well, before the pandemic and now post pandemic have inherited some other duties as well. I, I help plan the team travel, um, help order the, the equipment for the team, um, different things like that. So there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, busy time getting ready as uh, oh, a yeah. season, season coming up, but yeah, it's been great. A uh, great group of people here and, I'm grateful that I've gotten to do this and, and uh, definitely have moved into just a, a lot more stuff with, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with everything happening. And, and uh, you've broadened your <laughs> horizons as you've gone along and you, uh, you know, you spend a lot of time through your various roles at uh, Slugger Field Central, even uh, during the winter and fall months, don't you? <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, year round here and uh, a lot of sales in the off season and try to plan travel theoretically for the next year. And yeah, it's, it's, go. uh, it's, <laughs> so, it's a good, it's, a, there's worse places to go to work every day than a ballpark. That's true. Absolutely. Sure. There are far worse places and it probably feels about like home now. Now during your time with the bats, you've been blessed to work off and on with, uh, two other voices that our audience may recognize and we've uh, already talked about one of them a bit but uh, why don't let's expand a little more on what you uh, what you learned from him and then we'll we'll talk about the other one as well but let's start first the man who's already been a somewhat hot topic in our conversation Mr. Matt Andrews yeah um, Matt has become one of my best friends uh, over the years I he uh, the 2012 season was the worst in bats franchise history. The team went 51 and 93. Mm. Um, and I, uh, w was wanting to, it was doing Bellarmine games was trying to find, you know, as much play by play stuff as I could. That's what I really wanted to do. Um, I was working for the, the aforementioned ESPN radio affiliate here in town, ESPN 680 as a, as a producer board op, uh, type, position and, and was also um, helping host a show on Sundays, the Sunday morning hangover, which is, which is still around today. Oh yeah. Somehow. And uh, <laughs> I, I uh, was doing that with a, with a guy by the name of Nick Evans, who at the time was the media relations director here at the bats. I got to know Matt. I knew Matt a little bit before had emailed with him just to ask for advice and that sort of thing. Uh, but, but got to know him a little better through Nick and then, I think he got, he didn't have anyone to work with him during that 2012 year when it was just a very taxing uh, season with a 51 and 93 record. Um, it, it's tough to do that many losses solo every night. So I think he really wanted someone to work with going into 2013. 
uh, we knew each other a little bit. So he asked if I'd be interested and, and I said, absolutely. And that, that's how I ended up initially getting the job here. Uh, I learned so much from Matt because I, I mean, I still arguable whether I do, but I definitely had zero idea uh, what I was doing. Uh, starting out there had very very limited baseball experience had done a few games here and there in college at WKU and had a chance to to fill in on a couple of uh, University of Louisville broadcasts before that but but very much uh, a novice with it and uh, he taught me a lot from the ways he laid out his scorebook which is a really important thing we're all geeks about that in the baseball broadcaster community Uh, but from that to, to different just nuances of it. Um, you know, I, I learned so much from him on that side and then so much from him on, on the people side, uh, saw his work ethic in the office, not just on the air, both, uh, areas was incredible. Um, and, and, and just, uh, how he treated coaches and players and, and the skipper and, his relationships with them and, and relationships with other broadcasters learned so much uh, from him, just kind of watching all that. And then uh, taught me, you know, a, a lot of great lessons about how to treat not only people, but, but the, the areas you use when you go on the road, always leave it better than you found it. Just cleaning up everything at the end of the night. Just, I mean, literally things like that. Yeah, things we um, take for granted sometimes. <laughs> they, they are, uh, but but it's amazing how you know not everyone does those things, and I think that's one of the things that that makes Matt really special is that he does. And uh, I like to think I picked up some of you know those habits from him. Um, just I mean, couldn't have asked for anything better, and for anyone better to learn from for my first few seasons in in, in baseball. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now he's uh, up in Buckeye land. So uh, we, we wish him well there. Now, in addition, you, uh, you've spent a few of your years behind the Louisville Bats microphone with uh, the one and only Jim Kelch. So talk a little bit about your time with him and uh, what you've learned from your experience working with him. Yeah, it's amazing because I got to know Jim a little bit uh, through Matt. They, they worked together for a number of years before Jim got the job with the Reds uh, in, in 2010 full-time. So Matt arrived here in Louisville in 2003. So, so Matty A and Kelchie had worked together for a bunch of seasons. And then uh, Jim got to move on to Cincinnati. Uh, but, you know, he kept pretty well in touch. So I got to meet him then and uh, got to know him even more when I took over from Matt. We would talk back and forth. If he needed to know something about a guy in AAA, I would, uh, you know, give him what I could and, and different things like that. Um, unfortunately, and, and still a complete mystery to me, how the Reds would not renew his contract after the 2017 season. But oh, um, I know. it's uh, bizarre, but, but that's the direction they went. And, um, and so Jim was, was around uh, in 2018 doing some stuff, some ACC network games with the University of Louisville. And uh, he still does uh, Northern Kentucky University men's basketball. But he, uh, he, he got in touch with me in, in October or November or so of 2018 and said, hey, what would you think about me coming to work with you this season? I said, that'd be great. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I went to find, you know, tried to get it done here and, and they were on board. And so 
Uh, he was here for, for home games and then uh, some road games in 2019, was able to do a little bit last year in 21, hoping to, to have him more in, in 22, and we'll see what, what happens there. But it, it, uh, it was amazing. It was, uh, like I said, I'd gotten to know him a little bit, but, but got to know him uh, a lot. So many great stories, great experiences. I mean, it's a man that, that got to work a ton with Marty Brenneman over the course of almost a decade. Uh, so the, the stories from that, uh, amazing. Uh, I, I felt like I really already kind of knew him well because all much of the wisdom that Matt sort of passed down to me had originally come from Jim. Right. Uh, so, much, so much of the stuff we still use with the broadcasts uh, were stuff that he originated the same, like the same case that we carry the roll the equipment around in was the one that he got. And he was like, Oh my gosh, you still use that. So yeah. Um, a lot of the, the documents, like the word document that has all our reads on it during sponsor reads for during games and uh, just different things like that. Like it still has Jim listed as the author from when he was here. So uh, his fingerprints have been on all over this even before he came back, but um, just learned so much from him uh, in, in the way he goes about his preparation and, and uh, again, just the way he's he interacts with people and um, a great man and, and a great broadcaster. And and it's uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know him a lot more over the last few years and, and hoping we get a chance to to work together again this year. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we'll hear uh, quite a bit more from Mr. Kelch in the upcoming uh, 2022 campaign. Now, at this point, Nick, uh, you've called way too many Louisville Bats games to count. So why don't you uh, maybe talk, if you would, about some uh, particular, particularly memorable games or moments that stand out in your mind as uh, being particularly special and uh, describe what made them so uh, special to witness for you. There are, there's a few uh, that, that come to mind. And uh, my first well, my first game, rolling solo that night, uh, the Bats began a series against the Gwinnett, uh, then Braves, now they're the Gwinnett Stripers, um, but, but the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. Um, and the, 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 the Gwinnett team tossed a three-pitcher combined no-hitter uh, against the Bats that night. Uh, oh, so you got to see a, a no-hitter on your first game. I did, and and not not the way you'd want to see one. So um, I remember going down to Delino De Shields was the manager of the bats at the time. Went down to his office the next day, and he just looked at me and said, "Well, hell of a debut." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I was glad that that I survived that. Um, later that year, Scott Shebler ended up hitting for the cycle here, which was a a really cool thing. Uh, got to see and obviously do that. Um, th there've been a few others. Uh, Josh Van Meter had probably the best month of any player I've ever seen in April of 2019, April into early May. He was just on fire. Uh, a lot of those games were just insane with uh, the ball was kind of jumping that year too, but, but uh, he, he put on a show. Um, Aristides Aquino came up and, and, and got over, um, a little bit of an injury, I think, early that year. And then he had just uh, an incredible uh, 
finish to his triple a run before he got called up to the reds in 19 and then and then had the best month of anyone ever in terms of hitting home runs yeah i remember one night aquino hit uh three or four home runs in one game (laughs) he he did and you you expected him to hit one out every time he came up Uh, exactly so there were a lot of moments just watching him that were that were just like wow um two other specific games uh in 2019 there was a game in Scranton against uh, the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, who are the Yankees AAA affiliate. Uh, I believe it was the first game of the series on a Friday night. Um, the bats were down six, nothing. It was, it was a game where there was kind of a threat of rain. So things were moving along quickly. Everyone knew that that was a possibility. So trying to get through five innings and then the rain kind of passed and would never really hit us. And uh, so the pace slowed down a little bit later, but Louisville was down six, nothing going to the ninth. Um, It was a a Scranton team that was really good. They were, I think the best record in the league at the time. And um, so, so down six, nothing. And then uh, in the ninth, the bats hit four home runs. Oh my goodness. Uh, I think Aquino hit one of them. And then uh, Chadwick Trump hit another, which was, uh, he was a guy that that had an incredible stretch in 19 as well. But uh, Narciso Crook, I believe, hit the, the game-tying home run to tie the game. It was six runs in the ninth to come off the mat to tie the game at six. Uh, they held Scranton scoreless in the bottom of the ninth and then in the tenth got a run to to go in front and, and Louisville eventually won the game. It was, it was a, a ridiculous comeback and uh, something I'll always remember because it, you know, they just looked uh, looked dead to rights going to the ninth inning, and then boom, there you yeah. have it. <laughs> you um, couldn't have called it after seeing eight innings of shutout baseball, could you? Could not have called it. It was it was amazing. Um, and then last year, 2021, um, the season started. We were not able to have uh, full crowds not able to be full capacity because of the uh, the governor's order um so we we were at limited capacity for the first couple of months for the first uh, month and a half or so of the season sure uh, june, june 22nd was the first date once we got home from a road trip that we could be full capacity here uh, it was a sellout crowd over ten thousand on a tuesday night um louisville hosting the indianapolis indians who are the pirates top affiliate and um, it was a game that that went to a tenth inning, and Michael DeLeon hit a walk off grand slam to left in front of a a, a raucous crowd, a, a sellout crowd, and uh, just an eruption. And that was uh, so perfect. Uh, we we called it reopening night uh, with a full <laughs> capacity crowd, and uh, to to sort of put the exclamation point on that night was was pretty amazing and I'll never forget that there was a lot of electricity in the building and that was yeah. that was a really really cool moment it makes it a lot more fun to call these games when you've actually got a lot of butts in the seats doesn't it <laughs> it does the big crowd there there's uh whenever there's a lot of electricity and a, a, a big crowd I think you know the players love it regardless of whether it's the home uh, being on, at home or on the road and um, I think it filters its way up to the to the radio booth as well. It's just uh, there's just something different about it when it's when it's a packed house. Oh yeah, the players and the broadcasters reap the benefits. Now, uh, Mr. Card of the uh, many road trips that you make with the bats on a yearly basis, what are your most and uh, least favorite 
places to go and uh, why? Well, um, we we used to go everywhere every year. That's no longer the case. The the the, the what it, I, I think is going to be called the International League again. The former International League, AAA East, now has twenty teams. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, we don't get to go everywhere every year anymore. But but looking back on on the places that that we would go, um, I, I think that it's a tough call in terms of least favorite. But I, uh, Durham, it's a, it's a very nice city, very nice ballpark, but their radio booths are set up down the first baseline, um, very low, and it's a really bad angle, and it's a terrible booth. And um, so, so, so you don't get a good view of the game. <laughs> you can't see really it, it. I mean, it's just if someone stands up, they're right in front of you, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a joke. If you talk to anyone in this league who's a broadcaster and bring up Durham, they'll laugh thinking the exact same thing. So um, that's my least favorite place solely because of where the booths are located. Uh, everything sense. else about it is great, but, uh-huh. uh, but, but that's, that's why I don't like it. Uh, the, the best places um, there are a few uh, Charlotte has just a gorgeous ballpark with a gorgeous backdrop right there in uptown charlotte the the skyline in the background it, it just has a big league feel um so that's that's a really uh fun place to go it's a ballpark i think that they got built in 2015 so it's still pretty new and um that's a great place uh the the area we're in is great columbus is great gorgeous downtown ballpark there uh, get to see Matt whenever we go there usually because uh, he's up there. So that's a great quality of it too. Oh, that's true. Um, it's a, it's just a, a great setup. You can walk um, all around there in Columbus. So that's solid. Indianapolis is a great setup. Their ballpark victory field is is gorgeous. The Indianapolis skyline in the background, uh, they typically have good crowds as uh, do Columbus and Charlotte. And so that's uh that's a great place. Um, and then Toledo is, is good too. They, there's a lot of good places to eat around the ballpark. And uh, oh, that is a definite plus. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's, that's among the most important, arguably. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I've always loved all those places. And then uh, for the North, the old international league North uh, Buffalo is a, uh, is a really underrated spot. In my opinion, if you can go in like the middle of the summer, it's usually cooler. Um, it's it's a great city, a lot of good wings, which is nice, and I really enjoyed yes, that, indeed. That, that ballpark. So yeah, so so we uh, we almost have a, a several way tie for your <laughs> for yeah. your favorite ballparks in the league. There's yeah. a lot of good ones <laughs> that there are, indeed. Now uh, on top of your duties with um, the bats, you probably serve as we mentioned as the uh, radio voice of the. University of Louisville Lady Cards during basketball season. You uh, mentioned you've been doing that for six years now. So what have been your most notable perks of that gig thus far, besides the uh, unbelievable performance of the teams? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just uh, getting to work with a lot of great people. Nick Evans, who I mentioned earlier, who used to be the BATS media relations director and was the guy I started doing a radio show with on Sundays, is now the 
the sports information director for women's basketball at, at UofL. So I get to travel around with him everywhere, which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, a great, a great friend of mine as well. Oh, yeah. um, so that's cool. Uh, the, one of the great perks of, of women's basketball at, at the university of Louisville is that is the travel. Um, we, we take a charter flight most places, especially during conference play, which is a pretty, a uh, big departure from the way it was with Bellarmine, which was, you know, bus rides everywhere, which were great. Um, and, 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 uh, and with AAA baseball, which is largely bus rides everywhere uh, for 10, 12 hours. Um, right. It's pretty nice to be able to play a game and, you know, at, uh, at, at Duke or something like that at, at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. And then you hop on a charter flight and you're home by dinner time that night. Like it's a completely yeah. different, uh, different experience traveling, which is a, a very, very nice perk. Um, Gets you from A to B a lot quicker, doesn't it? Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing how, <laughs> what a difference that makes. And um, so that's been great. And then the, the staff there's great led by uh by jeff walls the 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 head coach of the team obviously uh i mean I, I think he'll be a hall of famer he's he's uh he's one of the smartest people i know i say that all the time and uh he is one of the funniest people too um he's great to work with from a media perspective and um it's just fun to to listen to his thoughts on any number of topics uh i just get a kick out of that so that's that's a big part of it too yeah, I have heard some of his clips, and they are quite entertaining. Now, speaking of road trips, uh, as we're recording this, you're actually fixing to uh, embark on a road trip with the Lady Cards down to Chapel Hill to battle the Tar Heels, aren't you? Yep, we'll be headed out there uh, a Thursday night. Uh, as we're recording this, we'll be flying out tomorrow um, and then playing on Thursday in a couple of days, but, uh, yeah, should be a great, great game. <laughs> top, uh, top 25 North Carolina team. Uh, they're ranked the, the net rankings, the big, uh, metric that's being used to help seed the, the NCAA tournaments. They're number five in the net Louisville's number four in the net. So that's a, that's a big deal and a, a big matchup. It's their play for K pink game. So that'll be uh, cool with uh, a lot of, cancer awareness and and uh both teams will be wearing some pink and yeah uh, that's those are always cool nights and usually a good crowd for those games too so it should be a really cool environment yeah great environment and a great game so uh, make sure that you all tune in to nick and adrian for the call now i know the uh the U of L men's games are uh they kind of rotate between 790 krd and 84 whas but the, the women's games are all on 790 correct they are, unless we run into some sort of a conflict. The men play <laughs> Wednesday, we play Thursday. So yes, we will be on we will be on 790 with without a problem. You so. will be on 790 with Adrian. So uh, folks, don't miss out on the action. Now I know that um, any sport, Nick, that uh, you could ever cover presents its uh, own unique play-by-play challenges but uh, based on your experience in baseball and in basketball calling games I was just curious which one do you believe to be the easier one of the two to call and uh, what makes it easier in your mind yeah they're they're different and it's that's what's kind of a cool thing is that uh, it helps I think stay fresh during the year 
um, when you go from one to the other because they are so different. So you always have something different to, to look forward to because the seasons both, you know, as you get late in the year, especially in baseball, definitely becomes a grind. But um, I think the harder of the two to call to me uh, is baseball. And uh, that's because in basketball, you just have a lot of action happening. There's constant action, and that's and that's what you're talking about. You're just, uh, especially on radio, all you're doing is is keeping up with what's happening. So there's nothing, there's no shortage on what to talk about because uh, there's, for the most part, constant action in basketball. Uh, oh yeah. In, in baseball, obviously, there's a lot more downtime, so there's a lot more of uh, trying to come up with stuff to talk about and. Um, you know, if there's a game that gets out of hand and it's 10-1 or 12-1 or something like that, and, you know, just trying to find anything to talk about. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think for me that that's the more difficult one uh, because it's there's not constant action, so you do have to find a lot more stuff to, to fill with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it does lend itself to some probably some more creativity, which is kind of cool, but um, it can be it can be tough. And so uh, to me, that's harder, definitely easier to keep up with the action, but much more difficult to, uh, to fill in between the action. And I think overall, that's what makes it at least to me a little bit harder. Yeah, I know. I know you're passionate about both of them. But like you said, in basketball, you, you turn your head for two seconds and you may miss quite a bit. But uh, in, in baseball, you know, if, you, if the team's down 10 to one in third or fourth inning, you're you're trying to keep your. Uh, listeners entertained somehow and trying to you know keep a smile on their face despite the uh the dreadful game going on out there on the field yes and uh it can get kind of off the rails sometimes and trying to figure out what in the world to uh to talk about so oh uh, goodness that's that's, all right though (laughs) it is that's the fun of it you get uh you kind of travel down some roads you didn't know you were going to be going down and that that kind of makes it um that makes it fun. That yeah. keeps everybody on their toes, which is which is a good thing, especially when there's 150 games and you're, you know, um, like I said, it can become a grind. So whenever you can work something out that's uh, that's at least entertaining to yourself, uh, yeah. it, it helps. <laughs> you can't take yourself too seriously there in that radio booth. Now, uh, in addition to your uh, time spent at baseball diamonds and basketball arenas, Nick, you host a uh, weekly sports talk show on Louisville's ESPN 680 known as the Sunday Morning Hangover. For those who've not yet had the pleasure, why don't you give us some insights on the nature of the show and give us an idea of what we can enjoy each week while tuning in? Yeah, we're it's um it's 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 just a fun thing to do um we're idiots but but it's no it's fun um (laughs) the like i said earlier the show started with nick evans who was the media relations director of the bats at the time um he also had a website called straightpinky.com that was uh centered around university of louisville and university of kentucky sports and uh 680 was a very young young station at the time and they needed programming and so he wanted to do a show they let him do a show and uh i was around and so they said hey do you want to help host it and i said sure 
so that's really how it started. And that's how Nick and I ended up becoming great friends uh, was from doing this show. Uh, it started in November of 2011. So we're, uh, we've been on over 10 years, which is kind of crazy. I don't know that many people know it's there, which is probably why we're still on, but, <laughs> but that's, that's what yeah. it is. It's, it's during the, the seasons talking a lot of, uh, University of Louisville and University of Kentucky sports football when that gets going and basketball and, and whatever else. And, and, um, and then it's also uh, during the summer, I'm usually at the ballpark doing the show from, from wherever we happen to be, but it, it's a lot more just off the rails. Who knows what uh, making fun of ourselves, making fun of uh, different things happening. Other people at the station, there's always good sound bites that, that get played back. So it's oh, kind sure. of a good uh, <laughs> weekly recap, I guess, of, of what's happened. We take calls and, and texts and, and all that. And it's, it's, uh, it's just a different way to, you know, give, uh, give some opinions that I'm sure most people don't care about, but, but we have fun. Oh, we have they, fun doing it, so it's kind of a neat thing. I know they all care. So you folks join in uh, every Sunday morning for Nick Curran and Nick Evans. No telling what they're going to talk about or who they're going to make fun of, and that's from 10 to noon on Sundays, right? It is. Uh, Nick is no longer on the show. Uh, he left it. Um, hard to believe. I don't even remember what year it was now. Probably like 2014 or 15 because uh, he got a job and had to leave the Louisville area, went to Moorhead State for a little bit, is now back. But uh, but now it is me and Phil Baker, who is a uh, also a sales extraordinaire at the station. And uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we have fun every week. I don't know uh, how much we get accomplished, but it's definitely fun for us. <laughs> that's, the, that's one of the important things. You, you accomplish a ton. And that's uh, the, the Nick and Phil Sunday morning hangover. And the, Make sure you folks don't miss it. And I know you also do some occasional fill-ins for uh, Mr. Bob Belvano on ESPN 680 as well, don't you? Yeah, I have been doing a lot of that uh, the last few months. Uh, seems like almost about once a week. Uh, Bob has to miss a show for either health reasons or travel reasons or whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, I've had a chance to to fill in a little bit on there much much to the chagrin of much of the listening audience but no, again, it, is, no. <laughs> it is it is a lot of fun uh if you read the text line you would agree it is much to the chagrin of much of the listening audience but <laughs> but it's uh it's it's oh, it's good and well. uh, a lot of fun and and uh nick valvano bob's son is the producer and it's great fun to to work with him on that and and uh, i I did a lot of work with, uh, with the station. They, uh, I owe the folks there a lot for giving me a job, um, uh, back in, <laughs> in 2011 or so. And, uh, it's really cool to, to, to get back there and, and be able to, to hang out for a little bit with everybody there as right. crazy as they are. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what makes it fun though. For those of you that don't know, Bob Valvano does color commentary for the, uh, L men during basketball season. So naturally he's on the road a lot. So uh, during his normal time slot, you can uh, from time to time hear Nick and that's weekdays 12 to three, right? It is. It is. That's what I thought. So on any given day, it's 680 between noon and three. <laughs> you can uh, definitely hear Nick filling in for Bob. And, and uh, even when Bob's there, it's uh, still worth giving it a listen for sure. Now, uh, as another baseball season fast approaches, Nick, it'll start 
here in uh, just a couple months, give or take. So uh, tell me what excites you most about covering the bats in action this upcoming spring slash summer. Uh, this year in particular, uh, the most exciting thing is, is to just have it be normal, uh, I think, or at least more normal than it was at the start of last year. Things ended up getting pretty normal as the year went, but um, being able to start with a with full capacity here and, and just have it be kind of like it always was is, uh, is something I'm looking forward to. Um, always get to the point where looking forward to the, to the warmer weather. And, um, you know, it, it's just a, uh, it, it's a fun changing of the season from, from basketball to baseball. And it's, uh, it's nice to, to, to sort of, uh, I guess you sort of basketball is very sped up. Everything is the, the, the games are obviously quick paced. The, the travel is quick. You know, most of the time you fly in the night before a game, then you play and then you fly out right after the game. Um, so everything's kind of fast paced baseball. You get a chance to slow down. Our series are a week, a week long now. Uh, so you get to unpack your stuff and be in a one place for, for a while. And, um, you get to, to really sort of take everything in and, um, and that's, and that's kind of cool. And, uh, this will be my first season in baseball as a dad. So I, I think oh, congratulations. Be, thank you. Uh, our daughter Eliza is, uh, is turns five months, five months old this week. Um, so I think that's going to present some challenges, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, to kind of seeing how, how that goes and, and uh, just, just navigating uh, all the travel <laughs> well, and everything involved now with, uh, with her. So that's going to be an interesting um, experience having to be away a lot and, and all that so she'll she'll miss you but you know in time I'm sure she'll be making at least a few of those road trips every year so yeah I think I think that'll be the plan so looking forward to that <laughs> but she'll enjoy that and I'm sure there's high expectations of the bats uh, for this upcoming season as well aren't there uh yeah every year you're hoping uh the bats have not had a winning record since 2011 so um, last playoff appearance was 2010. So hoping to be able to, to turn that around. Uh, you just never know from year to year what, what the roster and what the Reds are going to send here, what, what it's going to look like. But uh, a lot sure. of years there have been some, some really good players, a lot of talent. It just hasn't all come together. And uh, just hoping that this year is, uh, is the year for, well, for a few more wins. And the Reds have had some playoff runs in recent years. So hopefully that trickles down to uh... – <laughs> the Louisville bats this time around. And like you said, you know, you just got to keep telling yourself every year in, in, uh, in March, Hey, we're, we're undefeated right now. <laughs> that's it. That, and that's, that's the great part about it in baseball. Hope, uh, hope kind of springs eternal in uh, before the season and early in the season, everyone's excited. Everyone's optimistic entering the year. It's one of the cool things about it. And uh, you, you just see where it goes. Unfortunately for the Bats, it hasn't uh, gone great lately, but you never know when, when that year is going to be. And that's one of the great parts about this particular time of the year. You're getting geared up and optimism <laughs> reigns supreme. Yes, we'll cross our fingers and toes that that year is this year and it's going to be extra special for everybody. Well, Nick, it's been great talking to you. I've sure enjoyed it. I know our listeners have. Now, finally, before... We wrap this puppy up. Uh, why don't you pass along perhaps a few words of wisdom for 
the splendid sports casters of tomorrow in our listening audience. I will pass along the the advice that um, I once emailed Matt Andrews back in in the day before we were working together, before we really knew each other. When I was doing Bellarmine games, he was obviously uh, the Bats broadcaster. Uh-huh. Um, and I emailed him asking him for advice, and I remember what he wrote back. Um, the biggest piece of advice he could give was um, – you know, there's always going to be people with with better voices if you're doing radio or, or TV in this line of work. Better voices or, or if you're on TV, maybe a better look, but but never let anyone outwork you. And I, I think um, that's something uh, I've tried to take to heart. I know he certainly has um, just just putting as much hard work into it as you can. Uh, generally, that pays off. It doesn't guarantee you anything but but it certainly helps uh hopefully make something happen for yourself so that's uh one of the best pieces of advice is uh, uh, best pieces of advice i've gotten for as, as an, an aspiring uh broadcaster the other one is never especially early uh when you're trying to find some footing never say no to anything uh you'll end up working for free a fair amount which which stinks but um, you get a lot of experience out of it and just being willing to do stuff is, uh, is a big help too. So those are two really big things that I think I've learned that, that I think uh, go a long way. Indeed. So never say no and just work harder than anybody else. And one way or another, it'll pay dividends. Well, Nick, I've had a lot of fun. I sure hope you have, sir. It's been a pleasure, Sam. Great to talk to you. It was awesome. Enjoy your upcoming trip to Chapel Hill, and uh, we'll do this again sometime, my friend. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Now, how could you not love Nick Curran? He is definitely the man with the plan, and be sure to catch his Sunday morning hangover show again. That's each and every Sunday between 10 and noon on 680 ESPN there in Louisville, and you can also catch... Lady Cards Basketball on 790KRD, as well as Louisville Bats Baseball in the spring and summer months on 790KRD, both as called by the one and only Nick Curran. What fun we had visiting. I hope y'all didn't mind us reminiscing a bit about uh, our former classmates, at least a few of them, like uh, Brian Oaks, Rhett Douglas, and Hank First. Those are all guys that we went to school with who have gone on to do great things. And then Bart White, that was the first class that uh, Nick and I had together, Bart's sales class. And uh, he was a great teacher. I was actually privileged to uh, talk with Bart on an earlier podcast episode. And if you missed it, you definitely missed out. So go back and uh, catch that episode. You won't regret it. Bart is definitely more than uh, entertaining and educational. So thanks so much, Nick Curran for coming on with us today, and I wasn't lying. We're definitely going to have to do it again soon. Now, before we wrap this puppy up, I do have the long-awaited answer to your Bluegrass Brain Buster, which basically fit the theme of today's show. Now, to recap, minor league baseball in Louisville has been played since 1982 as we know it. Now, off and on before then, There were teams that were in and out, but since 1982, consecutively, and well, of course we didn't play in 2020, but we've had uh, 40 years of consecutive existence 
of minor league baseball in Louisville since 1982. And I want to know how many major league clubs Louisville's minor league team has been affiliated with during this time frame. And your answer, that would be three. There have been three major league affiliations of the Louisville team since 1982. The first was the Louisville Redbirds, who were affiliated with the St. Louis Cardinals, as their name might suggest. Now, uh, that partnership lasted through 1998, and at that point, the St. Louis Cardinals uh, developed another minor league franchise in Memphis. They became the Memphis Redbirds, and at that point... Louisville established an affiliation with the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, they still held on to the Redbirds name for another year, but in 99, they switched to the Louisville Riverbats. Now, all told, they were an affiliate of the Brewers for two years, and in the year 2000, which is when they moved into Slugger Field, they developed an affiliation with the Cincinnati Reds, who they have been with ever since. Now, they switched from the River Bats to the Louisville Bats in 2002, and they have since stuck with that name. So, the uh, Cardinals, the Brewers, and now the Reds, those are the three major league clubs that the Louisville team has been affiliated with since 1982. Folks, come on back next week. Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Our next show will come your way next Wednesday on February 23rd. Now, between now and then, shoot me that email, please, with your questions, comments, suggestions for future guests, topics, bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com is my address, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. You can also hit me up via the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page, Please, please like and follow the page if you're not already doing so. All of my previous episodes are there. You can stay up to date with teasers on future programs as they are presented. Make comments, leave messages. I love hearing from you via that forum as well. And don't forget to check out Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Listen and subscribe free of charge via four podcast directories. These include Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal, with more coming. But for right now, any or all of those four podcast directories will help connect you with us here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. And I don't want you to miss a single show, mainly because I would miss you. (laughs) And I don't like talking to myself, okay? So, until we meet again, my assignment for you is the same as it always is. Guys and gals, keep laughing Keep smiling and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.